Hi, and welcome to Leadership Talk, a podcast developed by International Undergraduate Program of Public Policy and Management Student, Batch 2019, for their final project on course leadership in the public sector. In this series of podcasts, we will discuss contemporary issues in leadership in order to dissect and learn more elaborately on what we can do to improve it. In this part exactly, we will have a deep dive conversation on the topic of workplace gender gap and how equality in leadership can close it. My name is Sasa, a part of IUPPPM Batch 2019 student, and I'll be the host for today's discussion, where we will have a talk with an expert speaker. She is also a practitioner who will help us better understand the topic of gender gap, leadership, and equality. Allow me to introduce Kak Anissa Farida, the current diplomatic staff at the Directorate of International Security and Disarmament in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Republic of Indonesia. Greetings, Kak Anissa. Could you join us in giving a more detailed introduction of yourself? Uh, hi, Sasa. Hi, everyone. Uh, first of all, I would like to say thank you for inviting me. And regarding in the introduction, my name is Anissa Farida. You can call me Anissa. I have the same name as Anissa. Sasa, but just to differentiate, we have a different nickname. Now I'm in the I'm at the International Security and Disarmament Directorate. So my portfolio with focusing on transnational organized crime. And interestingly as well in my directorate, if we are talking about gender gap during the whole duration of this directorate is built, we only have one female director for my director. So it's, I think it's very relevant to talk about uh, leadership and closing gender gap in, in, in the workplace today. So that, thank you. Okay, thank you for the introduction, Kanisa. And we can see from experiences that you are very well first about today's topic. And we can wait to hear your first-hand insights and opinion on this matter. So without further ado, let us begin our leadership talk. For quite some time now, there has been a notable increase of female integration in the workforce. More women are pursuing higher education globally. Women nowadays have greater opportunity to gain economic independence. Yet, despite such milestones in the modern society has achieved, there are still pertaining arguments on how women still face inequality, especially in the workforce. Numerous studies have shown the gender gap between men and women at work, from which gaps to structural barriers in achieving higher managerial positions. Indeed, statistics have shown that only a few women actually hold a significant positions in their professional work life and also the disruption of their work-life balance due to the double role that they have to play. This leadership in public sector course project intends to unveil the reality of this ongoing argument. Is gender gap an actual pertaining issue amidst professionalism that affects working women, or is there more to it? Next, we will have a conversation with Kak Anissa regarding this matter. So, Kak Anissa, maybe you could share to us what do you think a gender gap is in the workplace and if it actually exists in our public sector nowadays from your experience? Well, for sure, it, gender gap in the workplace happens anywhere, including in the public sector, if you're talking about public sector at the moment, because if we are looking at the statistics, There's a equal percentage between men and women in public sector, but if you are looking upwards from uh, to echelon two to one, there is the number decreasing for women. For example, 
only 23% of women hold structural position as on, which is as on one to five in Indonesia. So while the number of recruitment is almost equal nowadays, but there is a significant disparity in the course of their career between men and women. I see, Ka. Thank you for your answer. So, in general, do you think that there is an increasing, decreasing, or stagnant trend towards gender equality in the workplace, especially in public sector? I think it's a public nowadays. It will be stagnant. I will not say it's decreasing yet because we have not have a current statistic on uh, the number of uh, women in leadership position in public sector. I see. Okay. So there is not a sign of decreasing woman um, gender gap in the workplace nowadays. In, if, it, if we're talking about public sector, yes. But if we're talking about other sectors, for example, like now we are experiencing almost one and a half years uh, COVID-19 pandemic, right? And for jobs like in private sector or especially in, in sectors that are predominantly women, such as service sectors, hospitalities, there's a research that found out that on these sectors, more women are being laid off and lost their job. So it is something to note about outside the public sector. Because, you know, as a public servant, you're not, basically, you're not influenced with later financial uh, economic crisis or something like that. We're, we're basically immune in a way. So, but other than public sectors, definitely there's a decreasing trend for women. I see. So, um, generally, in public sector itself, there is still a stagnant trend of women's inclusivity um, rate and gender gap, but for other sectors, including the private or maybe um, affected sectors by the COVID in which most are mostly women, there is a decreasing trend and there we see more women participations in those other sectors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Ka. And so, um, how big do you think is the overall awareness of the gender gap issue at your workplace nowadays um, in the public sector in ministries? Can you give us maybe an example about what you found during your experience? I think there is a general idea that we want more equality. We, we can see that a lot of a lot of female ministers at the moment, but Sometimes it does not translate well on the institution itself. Like, for example, I can only talk about what happened in my ministry in my office because I don't know what happened in other other office, obviously. But, like, for example, in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, there are only two women or around 12% in Ashland 1. So echelon one means uh, like director general. So there's only 12% of that and only 16 women or 27% in director level in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Even though like probably 
during the last decade, during the last 10 years, the recruitment is almost equal, like 50, 50% between men and women. So I think it, it will be interesting to see uh, whether in the next years to come, there will be more female leaders because if we are talking about our current situation, we also have to look back in the past. In the past, there are not a lot of women being recruited, right? So if it's translated into less women in the leadership, well, it's disappointing, but it's somewhat understandable. But in the future, if it's this, if the situation is still going on, then we really need to rethink about changing the system nowadays. Okay, I see. Um, so um, my next question would be, do you think that the public sector nowadays, uh, maybe in ministries, uh, show enough efforts to, you know, um, invite or maybe include women in the workplace itself. Um, as you can say that there is an increased recruitment, but do you think that they are um, actually aware about this issue or maybe not as focused and hasn't seen the importance of it yet um, in this point? I think the discussion about gender equality and more women in leadership is always being dragged into meritocracy. So people always throwing this idea that we are doing recruitment in a merit in a merit basis. So if not a lot of women being leaders mean women are not good enough, something like that. So it is actually because I think affirmative action it's still important in a way. It's not saying that women are less having less qualities or having less skills than men, but if given opportunity, I think women could be as good as men. But somehow in this quote-unquote meritocracy system, which actually is not meritocracy at all, you know, because sometimes other factors that influence someone's decision to promote this person and that person as 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 a director for example so basically yes it's something that being thrown around the meritocracy myth that women are not good enough to be leaders because of that oh i see so there is um a structural barrier for women in workplace but many are um you know saying that it is meritocracy and you know if yeah. women, um, many are saying if women have good enough qualities they should be able to be leaders well actually there are many um you know factors to be accounted for why they cannot be a leader okay so moving on to my next questions so did you in during your time in your working time did you experience discriminations against you know woman within your work environment which will which you will not forget how did the incident itself shape your mindset about the issue i think personally i don't feel like i have been discriminated against based on my based on sex because i'm a woman but for people for other women for example those who have families those who have uh, family to take care of probably they will obtain uh, they will experience more difficult situation in work because at the end of the day as women you have to choose 
between, you know, there's a myth saying that women can have it all. No, women cannot have it all. You eventually, if, if you have family, uh, you'll have to choose between your family or uh, your career. Meanwhile, men don't have this luxury to not choose anything because women will take care of the, their wives, will take care of the family, so they can climb the ladder as high as he wants without any problem. So for me personally, no, but other women, yes. So um, we can say that there is more barriers for women that have families and children and maybe in a lot of steps in their life, right? Yes, that's why there's a phrase, glass ceiling. It's mm-hmm. an like, invisible barrier that, you know, even though the, the institution itself do not have structural barriers, like in terms of promotion and et cetera, but in private life, because we cannot separate the private and the public. Women experience more difficulties in in getting ahead compared to men. I see. So um, moving on, I, I think um, with that glass, glass ceiling um, theory and um, statement that you have stated, do you think that that is the reason for the underrepresentation of women in high-level roles nowadays? Or do you think is there anything else that contributes to that um, factor? I think a lot of things contributing uh, to the fact that there are not a lot of women in leadership right now. Uh, for example, there's a patriarchal culture in the workplace. Like uh, if you are uh, women leaders and you are being assertive, you're seen as aggressive while men are seeing like men being men for, and also gender stereotypes. This includes how women are expected to take care of the family, lack of support from the workplace. For example, if we're talking about women who have families in offices, actually there's a regulation, uh, I forgot the regulation number, but there's a regulation that uh, obligates offices and buildings to have lactation room. And also, they if we don't have that in the in an office building, so pe- women who have kids are have diffi- will be having difficulties in taking care of the families while working at the same time. And also, probably gender neutral policies in the workplace, as I was mentioning before, meritocracy thing that it seems like it's ne- gender neutral, saying that. This is this opportunity is open to everyone. Then again, it's not. So there are a lot of factors uh, playing in this in this situation. Okay, and so um, we are still seeing many challenges, right, to the um, issue of women in the workplace itself, um, amidst the structural barriers and also um, many policies that are still not supporting women in doing their work. So what do you think that organizations or maybe institutions must do to build a more inclusive work culture? I think just like, uh, you know, in the in the parliament, you there's a 30% quota for for women, women uh, members of parliament to, to be enrolled. Mm-hmm. I think the same the same method or the same rules 
could be applied to 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 those in public sectors as well. For private sectors, I think they I'm not sure about that. But for private sectors, because we cannot regulate public sectors, I don't know. But for public sectors, for sure, uh, government can regulate their self, right? So something like affirmative action for women, I think it's also going to be needed. And probably also mentoring. There's not enough women mentoring other women for, in the career ladder. So, but that is not something that should be driven by the government, but like probably driven by our own self as women. So yeah, we we women do have a lot of things to to that we should do. We should work twice as hard to get something that the same thing as as men. So um regarding the things that you have stated before regarding the government regulations and also mentoring. Um, so in building the inclusive work culture, uh, maybe based on your experience as well, uh, what role does um, leaders or maybe leadership have in you know building those kind of inclusive culture where men and women could have the same opportunities? I think it is time to not allow because a lot of women for example if we're talking about ministerial position a lot of women are put into position that are feminine quote-unquote for example ministry of social affairs minister of social affairs minister of uh, women empowerment issues that are minister coordinating ministry for uh, for human development so something that is soft and feminine quote unquote but not a lot of women are handling issues that are hard like for example Minister of Economy Ibu Sri Mulayani is one but there's not enough women who's dealing with uh, sectors that are predominantly male and that is also translated to uh, the in the the institution itself for example if we're talking about Minister of Foreign Affairs, a lot of women uh, leaders or women directors or uh, the S1 assigned to positions that are feminine. As I said earlier, in the in the Directorate of International Security and Disarmament, that is somehow hard or masculine. There's only one directors, female directors during the whole probably ten different directors, there's only one. So that's what I'm trying to say. So more place women, not just in the sectors that are soft, like, but also something sectors and units that are um, more masculine or challenging because they can do the same as men, I think. Okay, I see that. So, um, according to your statement, that there is still a male-dominated um, male sectors, um, even in our public sector. So, why do you think it's important uh, for maybe institutions and leaders to build an inclusive work culture and to, you know, um, invite more women in their um, workplace? What do you think are the benefits that 
that that their organizations will have if they have more women representations. I think there are a lot of research that talk about how it would be economically beneficial to have more women, but I think it's also in terms of work culture. Having more women probably will change the work culture itself. For example, if we're talking about sexual harassment, if we have more women who there will be, I guess it will be probably there will be less sexual harassment in the workplace because, uh, you know, we can uh, show that our displease, that we are displeased of that situation and we want to, the situation to change. And also in terms of work-life balance, probably if there are more women in an institution, they will be working towards creating an environment that will be um, more balanced between working and also the ability to to raise a family to have a fam- to have a family uh, or for someone who don't have family uh to have a separate life i mean i mean to have their private life not disturbed by work all the time something like that so um if we have more women representations and women um maybe who works in a more diverse sectors in across public sector in Indonesia, we could have uh, potentially a more um, a better quality of life for both women and men, and in achieving their you know maybe their visions and ambitions in working, and to also you know open more doors uh, for issues like um, discrimination and maybe sexual harassment that often still happens in workplace to um, be better regulated and also for a woman itself to have uh, better working conditions and provide better for their um, family maybe. And so um, I think that will be the last questions. And for Kaanisa, maybe um, do you have any closing statement or messages for maybe um, youth women or men who will listen to this podcast today regarding this issue? I think while I believe that men are also important in this struggle, in the struggle towards gender equality, but at the end of the day, it is women who can advocate themselves, women who can who can speak about the difficulties that they are facing because they are the ones who experience the problem, right? So I think that to have more women will be more beneficial in the long run because it's been too long that uh, men having have to say having this final say on everything so yeah it's definitely it's time for women to be leaders okay that will be all for our talk today thank you for sharing your thoughts with Aska Anissa we hope that this podcast will motivate men and women at all levels of society whether in the workplace or in personal life to emphasize the significance of inclusivity equality and leadership is required to help construct a future in which men and women can dream of becoming anything they want and contribute better development of society and better quality of life this is leadership talk and thank you for tuning in see you on another chance goodbye